Are you that weirdo looking for a new church? Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Okay, so it is officially sweater weather, and I am so excited. (laughs) I'm going through a style journey, and it is very much grandpa sweater aesthetic. And who is this, you ask? I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is Happy Hour Gets Weird. Our last episode of spiritualism. We did it. We made it. We made it. And. And. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm drinking so much coffee. I'm so fucking tired. I bet you are. I actually am not drinking coffee. I am drinking a cocktail. And the cocktail for this episode, which I am so excited Mm -hmm. to share. Okay, so it is a spicy tamarind press. Ooh, I love a press. Yes. We, I mean, they're like classic Cassie and Tiff, right? Because we always used to get presses like, they're like the OG of our cocktail choice. So tamarind, what is it? Thank you for asking. It is actually part of the legume family and it's like a brown puffy pod and it's grown in like North African Asia and they, it's like a weird flavor that you've, you're you're like whoa what is this so weird they use it in like chutney and curries and it's just Mm -hmm. like pretty cool it's like sweet and sour so kind of like a lemon kind of like an apricot kind of like a date maybe anyways i made it with vodka made by smirnoff and it is spicy tamarind vodka so i just Mm. made it into a press added a little lime juice i rimmed it with chamoy which is i i feel like it would be taste close to tamarind Chamoy is like mm-hmm. a Mexican sauce that's sweet and sour, spicy. You usually dip like fruit in it. You drizzle it over I mango. Love it. So I rimmed it with chamoy and some tahini, added a little lime juice, bada boom, bada bing, bingo, bango, kaboomski, all of it. It's so good. It's so good. So good. Yes. I just had a um, tamarind soda mm. and it was pretty good. Mm. My, my kids weren't into it, but I drank it. And I also just had a chamoy and mango blended margarita at Thai food the other day, and it was so good. Okay, that sounds delicious. I think chamoy, at least outside of Mexican food, is so underrated. Mm-hmm, totally, it's, 100%. Oh, my God, and Thai food, really. If you'd like to see drink pictures per usual, they're on our Instagram Go and check it out and uh, try this. It's limited edition. So I found it just at my local grocery store. So you can probably find it at yours. It is a Smirnoff limited edition spicy tambourine vodka. And the bottle glows purple under black light. So I'm going to get it. It's so good. That's a fun flavored vodka to have because nobody will expect it mm-hmm. in your bar. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You show up with this vodka, you're getting, uh, <laughs> you're getting fucked. Yeah. You are instantly cool, the coolest person at the party. So today, as we all know by now, we're ending this beautiful block on the spiritualism movement. So far, we have covered the beginning of the movement my many lady boners for the movements, um, <laughs> for the movement and 
the movements that spiritualism aligned itself with, and some pretty wild and crazy mediums that were popular as hell in their own time. Yeah. On this final episode on spiritualism, we are focusing on the downfall of the movement, finishing up on the story of the fabulous Fox sisters, and we will be discussing where the movement is today. And I just feel like I need to say that this has been such a big topic for us to cover. Uh-huh. And I myself, I don't know about you, but I'm still kind of learning about how to edit and just rein in this massive amount of information. Yeah. Like we each read a book. We read all these articles. So if we're talking about something or not talking about something that you, you know, think is important or don't think is important, I don't know. Apologies to the spiritualists out there that want to punch us in the face, I guess. Well, I mean. We're doing our best. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Regardless of what you think about these episodes, I've had so much fun doing them. Yeah. We hope you like. We hope that you like them. And honestly, if you don't, keep it to your fucking self. Because <laughs> I just... I love when you say that. We should get merch that just says, if you don't like it, keep it to your fucking self. Because <laughs> it's just like, come on. Get out of here with come that on. negativity. Get. We're not teachers. No. We're not hot college professors. No. I mean, we could be. But we're just we're just mere mortals. Exactly. Okay? Yes. Okay, I'm going to um, cite my sources because I know I forgot to on another episode. And even though they're always listed in our notes, I feel like I should say them always. So again, I used my book, Radical Spirits, that I used in the um, very first episode uh, in this block. I also read an article from Atlas Obscura. And um, I also read an article on Medium.com, Harry Houdini's Spiritual feud with Arthur Conan Doyle. Every time I say Houdini, take a drink. (laughs) A few different things led to the decline of the spiritualism movement. For starters, new movements such as Christian science were springing up. And these movements took people away from spiritualism. There was theology that was pulling believers over to them. There was just a bunch of of big ideas all happening at the same time. And I think it's like anything, the new exciting thing is going to garner people's attention, at least for a while. Yeah. Sometimes spiritualism would evolve to make room for new ideas. For example, when Darwin's theory of evolution became widely believed, spiritualists decided that after death, the spirit too must evolve, albeit at a more rapid rate due to the spirit existing in a space best suited for said evolution an optimal environment i guess so spiritual competition chipped away a little at the movement Mm -hmm. Uh, you if you hear any background noise you'll have to excuse it i have a full house like danny tanner Mm -hmm. the whole set that's amazing your house is gonna be clean it's gonna have a hot uncle in it (laughs) not my uncle (laughs) Somebody else's <laughs> uncle. I meant uh, Uncle Jesse. Yeah, I know. I meant I don't want him to be my uncle because he's hot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. There was also tension within the ranks of the spiritualism movement for multiple reasons. One reason was the entire structure of spiritualism. The desire to stay unorganized, 
unlike traditional religions, fueled spiritualism's rapid spread across the United States and Europe, but also added to its decline. Within the community, there was this struggle where some people wanted to become more organized and build facilities and help get the word out like that. Mm -hmm. And other people were staunchly against organization of any kind because organization had only proved to work against them in cases of government and religion and basically everything Mm -hmm. because they were women. Mm -hmm. As Radical Spirits put it, spiritualism's commitment to individuals' principles clashed with their earnest desire to advance their cause so they were so they so strongly believed in people being an individual and doing things their own way and exploring spiritualism in their own way that it kind of worked against them because they couldn't come together to help push the movement forward yeah this back and forth led to the group needing to make a decision And, not shockingly, the pro-organization side was more organized and got the votes needed to win. (laughs) (laughs) So the American Association of Spiritualists began and held their first national convention, which I believe was in 1866, although it was the third national convention that that spiritualists had held overall. Organization led to valuing education, organization and a hierarchy over the connection to the spiritual world which basically meant more men gained powerful positions within the movement well as we see kind of is what happens throughout i mean organized religion Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i think in 1866 if my memory serves me correctly i would go so far to say that this was kind of peak involvement in spiritualism because you think 1861 to 1865 was a civil war that garnered a ton of new believers because of the grief and the loss and i i think i i don't know if this is right i could come back maybe at a later time and correct correct myself if i'm wrong but i think i think about eight million people in the united states and europe were members or believers in spiritualism around 1866 yeah i feel like when they organized it was kind of the peak Mm -hmm. and then once they organized things just started to kind of fizzle out yeah it's kind of like when you're in a really great relationship and then you get a tattoo and then you break up it's like fuck (laughs) this this tattoo is forever yes you know that tattoo is just like Mm -hmm. the kiss of death organization was kind of just like the kiss of death to spiritualism organization was the boyfriend's name on your ass Uh tattoo yeah you know yeah uh there was also scandals among female leaders that pushed leadership away from women oh which is unfortunate which that is kind of shitty but you know it happens yeah you can only pull ectoplasm out of your vagina so many times before (laughs) people start talking shit So this organized men up front version of spiritualism didn't really bring in the crowds at their gatherings. I don't know. Maybe it got boring. Maybe it wasn't as exciting. I, I think people liked it because it was the exact opposite of what was going, of going on. to church. Yes. I think they liked the the aspect of it not being an organized religion. 
I think they like the titties. Mm-hmm. And yes. While the organized side of spiritualism was floundering, the unorganized side of spiritualism continued to gather in large numbers. They would talk with mediums to connect with dead loved ones and listen to lectures by trance mediums, watch a concert, purchase a ghost portrait. It's a pretty fucking fun day, Yeah, you ask me. Sounds like a good time. However, the social reform elements of earlier days of spiritualism had definitely died down, pun intended. So I believe it was 1870 in California specifically when the last big push of social reforms that were linked with spiritualism happened, and that was um, towards the women's suffrage movement. Uh-huh. But the tail end of the spiritualism movement definitely had less focus on social reform. Okay. It just started to decline. Mm-hmm. As social reformers amongst the spiritualist movement declined, sensational mediumship flourished. Mm, that makes sense. What's the chart where like one thing goes down, one thing goes up? I'm not a scientist. I don't fucking know what it's um, called. I think, I think that the scientific term is when one door closes, a window opens. <laughs> that's, that's what you call that chart? <laughs> yes. This is why we're not sexy college professors, Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> so... This new variety of mediums put on fantastical shows like the shit the brothers that I talked about Mm -hmm. last episode did. Mm -hmm. They were full on shows. Yeah. And that was Hot and Hotter Davenport, right? Yeah. Yes. That that was actually the name on their birth certificate. (laughs) Rude for the one that was just hot. I feel like the mom, that was kind of a dick move. That's probably why they didn't talk about the mom later on because she named them that. These shows can involve ectoplasm, moving objects, things disappearing, and even full-bodied apparitions. Don't forget boners playing violins. And boners playing violins. Imagine going to a seance and a fucking ghost just walks in. I'd never stop screaming. I, I Even if it was just a little girl in a nightgown. No. I'd never stop screaming. I would not... I, no, I'm not going there ever again. I probably would not never sleep a wink again and die of sleep deprivation and then I would be the ghost. And think about this, you couldn't even do a Wikipedia search on these things back then, Cassie, you'd be fucked. I know. I would have to ha- well, I would just have someone tell me. <laughs> you should be waiting outside when the séance is over, tapping on people's shoulders. Can you give me a review? <laughs> Do you know how many people are get annoyed with me when they tell me about a book or movie? I'm like, just tell me I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> when I say that, I tell you nine out of ten times they want to punch me in the face. Because I'm like, honestly, just tell me I'm not going to watch it. But I'm like doing you a favor. I in, Well, no, I'm not. I'm, really, I'm not, doing myself I mean, a favor. How would that be a favor for them? <laughs> They're like, I don't really want to give you a fucking book report right now. I just met you at the grocery store. You like, just saw this book in my shopping cart. I'm, I insist. You need to give me a rundown. <laughs> You're just standing in the produce department eating a banana. <laughs> and so these over-the-top mediums, they seemed pretty much like celebrities today. Mm-hmm. And along with that celebrity status uh, came a lot of drama, it seems. Mm-hmm. Infighting was not unusual between mediums. And with these new forms of seances, which were known as materialization seances, I believe, 
many mediums became known as frauds because it's easy to disprove somebody when their show is so over the top. Right. 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 When they're bringing in a full bodied apparition or making a table disappear, it's easy to find the truth out, especially when there's multiple people involved in the seance. What what's what is it if you want to keep a secret only one person can keep a secret or something like that? I don't know that saying. I know that it's not a classic saying like I smell a fish, but <laughs> it's 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 up there. So basically séances and mediums went from young girls at somebody's home being used as a medium between a dead loved one and a family member to a somewhat celebrity status medium who could create a full-bodied ghost or pull ectoplasm out of her mouth in front of people. Yeah. It was a huge change. Like I think we said on the first episode, it went from uh, rotary dial phones to high-speed internet. As sensational seances became more the norm, animosity amongst spiritualists grew. Mo money, mo problems. <laughs> oh my God, these dad jokes. Hitting hard today. Materialization of spirits became common and commonly fraudulent, like I just said. And if people inside the movement had issues with the direction that mediumship was going, you know individuals outside of the movement felt the same way, or maybe even stronger. And I'll add more on that in a minute. So... The movement is generally in a decline. There's infighting, there are new religions pulling away believers, and there are frauds popping up and being disproved all the time. Thanks a lot, Davenport Brothers, for adding on to that list. Yeah, so hot, but so annoying. I know. It's like all the best of them, hot and annoying. (laughs) And this is just to name a few overarching issues that created the perfect storm. One here strolls in. Our old friend, Harry Houdini. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy that we ponied up the cash for the sound department. (laughs) Uh, Houdini was well aware of the movement, as everyone was. But I think he was more pissed off than most people. Because one, he was a magician. He could see the deception being used clearly. And I think he was pissed that people refused to just say that it was a magic trick. Mm-hmm. Like, I think because of who Harry Houdini was, what he did, I think he took this personally for multiple reasons. Yes, I do too. And I'm not saying that Houdini at a certain point in his career was above trickery Mm -hmm. because I have heard stories about him kind of pulling a fast one in his early days Mm -hmm. before he got big there's a story I think I heard it on drunk history um that in his early days he would pull kind of a scam himself somewhat adjacent to the spiritualist movement he would send his wife ahead of him to strangers houses under the guise of selling bibles And she would get personal information from the strangers and in turn feed this information to Houdini. He would then visit the houses and somehow magically have all of this personal knowledge about people that appeared to be total strangers. Mr. Houdini, you grifter. Oh my goodness. 
I'm pretty sure, like I said, I got that off of drunk history and I don't know, maybe I was drunk too. Who knows? <laughs> but I'm just saying like, I know that in his early days, Houdini was a little shysty himself. Yeah. But I think as he became an established magician, he just could not comprehend people not fessing up and saying, yeah, this is a magic trick. Yeah. And you know, I think, look, I, I feel like not everybody is all good or all bad. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, I just think that someone who is like Harry Houdini in the way that, you know, historic figure, really, mm-hmm. it, if you look back at, back at every historic figure, there's got to be, you know, a little blip of like, a failing of morals or failing of ethics or bad decision or nobody's perfect. Everybody's a gray area. Every single person is a gray area. Totally. Nobody's perfect. I've done things in my life that I horrify me and that's why I haven't slept in 20 years, but it's fine. You know what? We all move on. We're all fine. We're all emotionally stronger for it. Um, I totally agree with you. Nobody's Nobody has a perfect story. Mm-mm. Thank fucking God. Also, I think that Houdini would easily forgive somebody for pulling stunts like this because he became friends with that the Davenport brother before he died. Mm-hmm. Remember? And they talked and whatever. Like, I don't think that Houdini would necessarily um, just fucking hate somebody because they were a spiritualist. No, and I think he had a... T- Admittedly, I don't know much about Houdini's story or his, like principles or ideals but I do think that uh you know because in our one and done episode signs from you know uh, the other side Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he did I think have a belief he was a religious man I believe and he did believe in an afterlife Mm -hmm. and that maybe there was some possible communication happening because you know he told his wife look for these signs however I think it was about his um professionalism and what he did and basically these people were kind of capitalizing on mm-hmm. on people who were missing someone or but they were doing really the same thing that he was doing I agree with you I don't think that he didn't believe in an afterlife mm-hmm. I just think that he knew that these people were lying yeah his beef was with the frauds yeah and the taking advantage of people and it mm-hmm. wasn't with say spiritualism the afterlife the belief in the communication in afterlife or the belief in afterlife yeah in one of the articles I read it said that his wife held seances for 10 years on the same night for Houdini I don't think he ever came through to her though yeah that's a bummer which is sad just obviously she loved him so much um so there has to be some belief there is my point yeah So aside from Houdini being frustrated by the movement for professional reasons, Mm -hmm. he also had a personal uh, exchange situation Uh that happened that I think um, rubbed him the wrong way. Okay. One of his dear friends was a major part of the movement. This dear friend was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, author of Sherlock Holmes. I mean, it's pretty I cool. I want to be the meat in that sandwich. <laughs> I, actually, I actually don't even know if 
what they really look okay, like. Okay, okay, I'm going to Google. I'm going to Google what they look like. Okay. And then just put a piece of bacon in the middle and make that a meme. <laughs> so uh, Houdini and Doyle met in 1920, and I like to believe they became fast friends. Whatever. Maybe I made it up. Maybe they were slow friends. Who knows? <laughs> Doyle was an avid supporter of the spiritualist movement. In 1926, he authored the books The History of Spiritualism, Volumes 1 and 2. His wife, Jean, a.k.a. Lady Doyle, was a practicing spiritualist medium. So they were fucking in it to win it. I think he took a break from writing Sherlock Holmes to write his books on spiritualism, which is also fun. That is cool. So when Houdini and Arthur Conan Doyle became close friends, they were coming from two very different sides of the spectrum when it came to spiritualism. Mm -hmm. And this chasm between them only grew when in 1922, Sir Arthur... I don't know how to shorten his name. Sir Arthur Doyle, whatever. He has too many names. I think you ha- I think it's you have to say it. Sir Arthur Conan I can't even say it. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I know that's a it's a hard name to say. Right. But I think you have to say it in its entirety. Full out every time. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to make your job it's, harder and just saying I think You know what? It's fine. This isn't long enough. Let's add a few more words. Let's get the word count up. <laughs> And this chasm between them only grew when in 1922, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle offered to host Houdini at a seance led by his own wife, Lady Doyle. Unfortunately, the seance didn't make Houdini even more of a fan of the spiritualist movement or the mediums that led it. Uh Uh-oh. Lady Doyle made contact with Houdini's deceased mother. Hmm. She performed automatic writing in English. She did the sign of the cross on the paper. Uh-oh. Unfortunately, Houdini's mother only spoke German, was Jewish, <laughs> and the seance took place on Houdini's mother's own birthday, which was never mentioned. Oh, yeah. You think if he talked, they contacted his mother on her birthday, she would say, is anyone going to wish me happy birthday? Or Is this my gift? Yeah. I was trying to nap. (laughs) Houdini pointed all of this out to Doyle, who just kind of brushed it off. He just made excuses. Spirits don't pay attention to the human calendar, Houdini. (laughs) Fucking knock it off. Also, I can't imagine having a seance with a friend to trying to speak to his beloved deceased mother. I mean, that's just I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole. Right? Uh Uh-uh. No. There's so many ways that you can offend somebody like they did numerous times. Uh, Yeah, no. And Houdini, I looked him up. Handsome man. Mm -hmm. uh, But he looks very intense and very broodish. Brooding and intense. And like he had these piercing, intense, like light eyes with like dark hair. And Mm -hmm. I would not want to piss him off based on the pictures on Google. (laughs) He was very muscular also. He could probably kick Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's ass. And Lady Doyle. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking watch your back, Lady Doyle. (laughs) Then, I don't know why, but 
Doyle publicly claimed Houdini was a spiritualist. Oh, no. Okay. To which Houdini had to publicly denounce spiritualism. Then it was on, like, Donkey Kong. Oh, no. To use a technical term. (laughs) And the two men were in what I can only imagine was the fanciest feud. So many white gloves being removed for slapping. (laughs) I just picture Houdini coming in and slapping him with a glove and then, like, a, a puff of smoke he's fucking gone <laughs> and then Doyle's like doing like Sherlock Holmes like but like also Macaulay Coke and Home Alone like tricks on Houdini <laughs> he just pulls a white glove from behind his ear and then slaps him with it yeah and then he just does a whole like Sherlock Holmes cane capelet dance fight I picture Houdini so over the top and fancy and fabulous and amazing for not just because of who he was as like we all know Harry Houdini mm-hmm. but also in the height of him trying to find frauds and you know disprove mediums and all this shit himself along with other investigators that he hired would go to seances and like sit in on them <laughs> and then find the frauds and be like this is you know you're doing this trick you're doing that whatever yeah. Because Houdini was so fucking invested in this shit. He, this was like his life's mission. But in this, in the Medium article, <laughs> the quote that he would yell apparently was like, so in the middle of a seance when he just like had enough with the the trickery. Uh-huh. Which he was always usually, would go in a costume because people would know who he was, right? So picture him in a costume. Yeah, okay. He, He's dressed as an old woman. Okay. Right? Okay. And then he stands up, rips off of <gasps> rips off his disguise, and yells, "I am Houdini, and you are a fraud." Oh. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's very dramatic. He is very dramatic. Puff of smoke. I'm gone. <laughs> I don't know why I picture him doing that. <laughs> Wasn't he like all about es- escaping straight jackets? I don't know why I have the puff Ch- of smoke. Like I'm gone. Chains thing and straight jackets. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so shit got real when in 1926, Houdini went before Congress. Along with his top agent, undercover investigator Rose Mackenberg, she investigated hundreds of mediums for Houdini, often exposing frauds. She would go in different little disguises also. It was very, very exciting. I'm pretty sure she has a book and I'd love to read it. So Houdini wanted Congress to pass a bill, House Resolution 8989, which would ban the practice of fortune-telling in the District of Columbia and would impose a $250 fine or six months in prison for, quote, any person pretending to tell fortunes for reward or compensation within the nation's capital. Hmm. Houdini brought with him a telegram and was like, okay. There's a bunch of psychics here. What's in the telegram, huh? (laughs) What's it say? If I can escape this straitjacket in 30 seconds or less, you must pass this bill. Yeah. There's 20 mediums in here. Nobody can tell me what this fucking says. (laughs) Uh, And although none of the mediums took a guess, Representative Frank Reed of Illinois piped in with a phrase that turned out to be correct, (gasps) which is hysterical. Oh, my gosh. That's a reverse flip it. 
I know Houdini just got pissed off and was like, you just guessed. That- Which, what did the, what did it say? Like, a, obviously it was a common expression. I mean, maybe the rain falls mostly on the plane in Spain. Maybe. That's probably what it said. It probably said smells like a fish in here. <laughs> smells like a fish in here. <laughs> what's the expression you always say oh someone i smell a fish (laughs) you say i smell a fish Uh, it smells like a fish (laughs) first of all your expression is so wrong i know it's i smell a rat i made mine even more wrong Houdini was taking this whole thing very seriously, and I feel like the congressman less so. Some teased Houdini, some teased the mediums that were there. Um, And I think it was kind of half and half with government officials. I think half of them did subscribe to spiritualism, at least to some extent. Uh And the other half were like, this is bullshit. I think some people thought it was fun, and I Mm -hmm. think some people like we said before, kind of added it to their Christian belief system. Because mm-hmm. it do, it is kind of like an add-on belief that you could still have your core religious beliefs no matter what they were and then still believe in spiritualism and not mm-hmm. – it wouldn't conflict with yeah. what you were raised or what, what your religion you are in. Totally. It could be an entree or it could be – A la carte. A la carte. Yes. Yeah. Spiritualism a la carte. Choose your own adventure. We're spiritualists. (laughs) The point that Houdini was trying to make here was that maybe seances weren't just fun and games. If high-ranking politicians believed in psychics and believed that they were learning truths from the spirit realm, perhaps they could be manipulated into doing things that weren't in the best interest of the nation. Hmm. Houdini believed that in this way, spiritualism was dangerous. So at, when I first heard about him going before Congress, I was like, fucking calm down, Houdini. But then I thought about this aspect of it. And if a medium was paid off by somebody to tell a, a specific thing during a seance to a table of politicians, I guess that you could manipulate people in that way. Yeah, totally. I never thought of the aspect like you could, you know, forward an agenda that you were believed Mm -hmm. in yourself personally as a medium or, you know, someone very easily could, like you said, pay someone off to forward an agenda. And if these were, I, but here's the thing though, I feel like at some point though, someone, people in positions of power have to take responsibility for their own beliefs because we really do see people modern day people in government pushing their own personal beliefs and agenda Mm -hmm. and so I mean that's why we're supposed to have a separation of church and state and your spiritual and religious beliefs are not supposed to interfere with our government yes so I don't think I think Houdini had great intentions and Mm -hmm. unlike this all with historic figures especially like um, we've talked a lot about like uh, abolitionists and feminists in, in this series. And while we can look back on this movement and the feminist movement, we can look back with kind of a, a yes and attitude. So like a lot of feminists at this time and Houdini in a different way, and I'll explain in a second, 
we're fighting for women's rights, but they're fighting for white women's rights. So we can look back and say the idea was there, however flawed. So Mm -hmm. yes, and this is how we better the movement or this is how we modernize or this is how we are going to be more inclusive and be all inclusive. Mm -hmm. So I feel like with Houdini, he, he was onto something, but it wasn't necessarily the responsibility of the spiritualist. It was the responsibility of Congress. Exactly. Um, And that's supposed to be the point of us electing officials is we're supposed to pick people that we believe will make the correct decisions when the time comes. Keep your religion out of my government. Yes. So that's, I think, with Houdini, we can look back and say, yes, and. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yes, great idea, but yes, and this should have been petitioned towards Congress, not towards the spiritualists and the mediums. On the flip side of that, though, this is almost like an old-timey version of what happened with fucking Facebook and the recent election that we had. Mm. The way people believe that Facebook has influenced past elections, Mm -hmm. I feel like adults should take responsibility and say, I'm going to make sure that my news sources are valid. Mm -hmm. And you would think that most adults would know that everything that they (laughs) see on the internet, especially social media, is driven to them by specific algorithms based on what they've clicked before so every single person gets very individualized news uh, articles yeah like my facebook doesn't look like my uncle's facebook Mm -mm. my uncle's doesn't look like the pope's facebook Mm -hmm. the pope's looks exactly like pornhub (laughs) allegedly (laughs) allegedly people should know that but they don't And it's like in the same way you think these congressmen should know Mm -hmm. I have to take this with a grain of salt because even Mm -hmm. though it's supposed to be a truth telling spirit, I'm still being filtered this through the Facebook of back then. Yeah. You know, this this medium. Yeah. I I don't know if that makes sense, but I just thought total sense. I mean, if people only knew half the memes that they share are Russian psyops like fuck facebook it would be pretty embarrassed allegedly fuck facebook allegedly (laughs) um so yeah i think houdini had the right i think he was in the right direction it just needed a little bit of refining Mm -hmm. and we you know and this was 18 or this is in the 1920s correct so 1926 so yeah i feel like i like the I like where he was going. I like his idea. I like his thought about about the whole thing. Maybe just lay off the spiritualist. I think he was getting petty there because <laughs> he was bad. <laughs> he was a little jelly. To um, sort of make his point about how spiritualism could be dangerous when it came to government, mm-hmm. Rose, his investigator, did a little sleucing. Mm. In disguise, she had met with local capital local for the capital mediums Uh jane b coates who was a spiritualist minister and marcia champney who was a spiritualist astrologer oh marcia claimed many senators were coming to her readings in fact most of them were and most people in the white house believed in spiritualism she was spilling all the tea with rose who i like to imagine was dressed like a football player (laughs) Coates had also bragged to Rose Mackenberg, who at this time was dressed like a clown Mm -hmm. selling cotton candy. Mm -hmm. Coates said, quote, why try to fight spiritualism when most of the senators are interested in the subject? 
I know for a fact that, that there have been spiritual seances held at the White House with President Coolidge and his family. End quote. Okay. These mediums are gossiping. Unfortunately, in making this point uh, that spiritualism went all the way to the top uh-huh. with the president himself, Houdini went too far. The same day as Houdini's accusation, the New York Times printed a very official story which stated that the White House denied conducting seances, at least under President Coolidge. <laughs> Guess they could only speak and lie for themselves. <laughs> And I think this whole thing took place over like four days. And I just, it was a, an over-the-top situation. Yeah. Like Houdini trying to fucking pass laws and the president getting, you know, shit talked on. Like it was very, very exciting. Yes. Houdini knew he shouldn't piss off the U.S. president. So he delivered a kind of half-assed apology on his way out of town that said, quote, it was no desire of mine to embarrass the president. But I am accustomed to accept the facts without garnishment, no matter how unpleasant they may be. Yeah, that's not really, that's a, I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> that's like saying, I'm sorry that you're mad. I'm sorry you got busted. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, mediums were pissed at Houdini. Houdini was so dumb with their shit. <laughs> I wish that I could just sit in on this trial because I bet it was fantastic. A fantastic show. Yes. Madame Marcia, who was one of the spiritualists who had spoken with Rose earlier. Mm-hmm. Madame Marcia made a cryptic public prophecy during these high drama scenes. Oh. Houdini would be dead by November. <gasps> Although Houdini, as he always did, put on one hell of a show before Congress, his bill did not pass. It didn't become a law. But this public show of disgust towards a spiritualism movement did help to turn the tide of public opinion even more against it. The once ever popular and ever present movement continued to dwindle, due in no small part to Houdini and his undercover detectives' tireless efforts to bring down fake mediums and their fraudulent seances. What once was a huge religious movement that helped push forward social change had become something people denied believing in or even made fun of. Mm Mm-hmm. And although spiritualism is still around today, it exists in a much more confined space, I guess is how I would put it. Mm-hmm. Less mainstream, more for weirdos like us. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. However, maybe not everyone involved was a total phony. And I say this because at least one of Madame Marcia's predictions was correct. Houdini died on October 31st, <sighs> 1926. I'm so freaked out. Oh, my gosh. She was right. You know, I... Oh, gosh. Well, I think, yeah, Houdini kind of just chipped away any any kind of thing left in as far as believers. And you just... It is... Like, I've just been thinking about ever since you said that, you know, these mediums could, you know, push an agenda that that could affect the American people through lawmakers. Uh, that's, that's scary. That's a scary possibility. But you know, you're also right in that they could, an agenda can be pushed on them by anybody at any time. Mm-hmm. So we have to rely on 
politicians to not be total fucking morons. Yeah. Which is hard because a lot of them are really fucking stupid. Yes. And I think that people assume that people in power are smart and a lot of them are very dumb and it's honestly shocking. <laughs> it is. I'm, honestly, it is. I'm surprised sometimes when I see the shit that politicians tweet and I'm like, wait, nope, not good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's where I'm going to end my portion of the episode. Cassie, you're ready to take over. I know we have to do some slight backtracking a little bit on the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're going to, so we're going to rewind and then push forward. Yes. yes. Um, okay. So like our previous episode on spiritualism, I am also um, used the source Talking to the Dead by Barbara Weisberg. And also a couple other articles this time, one from the Smithsonian um, and one from laurahillcemetery.blog. And all of these will be listed in our description per usual. So if you want to read them yourself. Um, okay, so we are going to start with the Fox Sisters and you know, I really wanted a better, happier ending to the Fox sisters because they really did spur an entire religion that was a frenzy for almost a century, half a century at least, and it still exists today. And uh, it's just kind of a sad sad ending to these three sisters so without further ado so we last left off the sisters began to tour and kate and maggie really toured as a duo and leah stayed behind most most of the times in new york and practice her mediumship in new york so when people hear about the Fox sisters, they usually hear about Katie and Maggie, which were the two younger sisters. Um, and Leah is kind of an afterthought, but Leah was actually a huge part in the trio. She was kind of the life force pushing the the two younger sisters um, mm-hmm. from the very beginning. And she didn't, from the beginning, start out with um, abilities. She, as time went on, began having abilities so before we get to the death blow of spiritualism which is not my phrase it is a phrase given uh i think it was written in the newspapers at the time um i need to talk about some of the things that led up to this ending so while traveling maggie fell madly in love with a handsome explorer Ooh. Yeah, by the name of Elijah Kent Kane. Who he was a Catholic and he did not believe in spiritualism. Although he did go to see Maggie um under actually nobody really knows why he they originally met, but he was a pretty popular explorer at the time, but he had just lost a brother and he was kind of lost. And he ended up seeing Maggie, who was in his the same town he was. And it was kind of like instant attraction. He loved her very much, despite the fact that he didn't believe that she was or anyone was a real medium. 
he couldn't prove that she was a fraud, but he still believed that she was a fraud. That's a pretty big uh, thing to have between you. Oh. I love you, but I think that everything that you're doing is total bullshit and everything about you is a lie. But want to do it? Uh, yeah, he was actually, I am not a fan. And you'll, as I go on, you'll see why. Okay. Um, so while on the surface, this seems like a beautiful love story, it was actually kind of a Victorian dating nightmare. <laughs> uh, Elijah was refined and educated, and he ran in circles of high society, which requires a certain etiquette. And Maggie didn't have that etiquette. So if we remember Maggie began her career early around the age of 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't have any formal education beyond that. And she didn't go to like cotillion school. Oh, how dare she? I know she did not know which fork was a solid fork and she was almost stoned to death. Trash. Um, garbage person. <laughs> um, so, she didn't abide by the rules of civilized Victorian society. And although Elijah loved Maggie with all of his heart, he loved her very, very deeply. He was incredibly embarrassed by her lack of etiquette. Um, and he actually wrote to her. This is a, an excerpt from a letter that he wrote to her. Quote, you are refined and lovable and with a different education would have been innocent and artless, but you are not worthy of a permanent regard from me. What you, the fuck? You could, you could never lift yourself up to my thoughts and my objects, and I could never bring myself down to yours. I'm sorry, what? Well, you know what? We all know her name, and who are you? <laughs> He was actually a pretty famous explorer. Okay. For, for well, the time. He was pretty, like, famous. Um, like Indiana Jones. But honestly, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, how? whoa, that was so cruel. Yeah, that's... And he was, yeah. like, 13 years her senior, too. So he was, like, 34, and she was, like, 20 at the time. He would obviously have the life experience that she didn't have right yeah i don't know i i don't know he's just i don't i'm not a fan of him okay so their love story is kind of convoluted but it seems as if they were on and off for about four years and then got married somewhere in pennsylvania when maggie was around 24 so elijah loved maggie but he was constantly trying to change her which in my opinion doesn't mean it means he didn't really love her for who she was um, Elijah tried to convince Maggie to quit spiritualism, go back to school, and join Catholicism. Um, but tragedy was waiting just around the corner after they married because he died on his next expedition to the Arctic in 1857 when he was 37 years old. Now I feel bad for being so mean. I don't. Okay. Um, you can feel bad, but I do not. Um, so Maggie was devastated. Like, devastated this was like her life's love like star-crossed love like it was which i guess star-crossed is a good word for it because i don't think they belong together but they loved each other deeply but so after he died in order to honor him she converted to catholicism 
no (laughs) yes and that inadvertently divorced her from the spiritualist movement and being a medium so she could no longer practice as a medium or she chose not to practice as a medium because of her new beliefs um so she couldn't therefore make money as a as a medium so she reached out to elijah's family who was rich they questioned the validity of the marriage so they refused to give her any money <laughs> and then she but she also on the other hand couldn't practice her mediumship any longer so yet again in her life she is stuck between two different worlds mm-hmm. it's actually really sad so it actually became this big legal legal battle she sued his family um they went back and forth they questioned the marriage they demanded to see oh well if you're in love you must have written letters we want to see the letters prove it and she didn't want to share those private letters and those private moments that she held so sacred with a bunch of assholes so she said no and they basically she never saw a dime she didn't want to share their nudes they were (laughs) hand-drawn but they were still there they were still nudes and also how can you just say nope your marriage doesn't count they um I think they got married like in a little Quaker church in Pennsylvania perhaps and it wasn't like a big public thing so I think there wasn't a lot of people there. Maybe they eloped and they just wanted to, they just questioned it. It was just a rude thing to do. Okay. Um, so what Maggie did, she was like, fine. Um, so she took all of her letters and she put them in a book and she published it. And she titled it, These Are My Love Letters with Explorer Elijah Kane. Juicy. What it, whatever his name is. What's his name? I don't know. I... I don't even want to remember his name because he was so rude to her but elijah kane he was actually a pretty well-known uh explorer so that's basically where maggie was in her life towards the end of the 1800s um or actually around 1860s 1870s So Katie, Mm -hmm. on the other hand, she married a devout spiritualist and she continued to perform seances after the Civil War. um, Like I said, it was like a huge spike. um, So her business was booming. Uh, She was thriving. Um, At one point, she got so... She was just kept sharpening her skills and she was able to perform dual readings she would write from one spirit and speak simultaneously from another spirit. That's like doing the circle on your stomach, patting your head trick. Yeah, it's wild and crazy. I don't know how she did it. That's hard. She even said that she channeled um, the spirit of Benjamin Franklin at one point. <gasps> like me? Uh-huh. Oh, man, that's a throwback It is joke. to our uh, <laughs> re- reincarnation <laughs> episode. <laughs> When we were recording for some reason in a tent. (laughs) Oh, excuse my wheezy laugh, but that just brought back so many memories. We literally recorded in a tent to keep sound from getting so crazy. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That's so funny. So Katie was doing really well, but just like you mentioned earlier, spiritualism, kind of when the abolitionists and the feminists, they didn't ever move out of the... uh, out of spiritualism but it kind of that 
agenda, I guess, started to wane and the, you know, over the top crazy kind of spiritualists moved in and kind of took over. Um, Something that Katie did just became not as exciting, not as Mm -hmm. worthy to spend your money, not as worthy to spend your time. So just a simple young woman sitting there um, translating clicks and knocks and it, it just wasn't what the people wanted. They wanted more and that became very stressful for Katie and she um, she started drinking to ease that stress and um, it wasn't good and she really start, became a terrible alcoholic. If you think about it, these are like if somebody becomes a child celebrity now yeah, I compare it to that. It's very traumatic. And yeah, a lot of famous people start being famous when they're kids and then grow up and they're famous their whole life and they do great. But sometimes it's, sometimes it leads to bad things. It's fucking hard. Yeah. And the same with Maggie, actually, when she was kind of caught between this place of, I can't really be a spiritual medium. The only thing I really know to do, and I don't, it's my source of income. But I also want to honor my late husband by converting to Catholicism. She started drinking as well. Um, So Leah had always practiced mediumship, not as long as Katie and Maggie, but she had pretty much in the early years started. So she was practicing and Leah was, she was like in with the spiritualists. Like she was in... She had a group. She was part of this movement still. She really believed in it, or at least she uh, perpetuated it. And um, it got to a point where she started to chastise Katie in public, publicly, and say that she, because of her drinking, she wasn't able to care for her own children. Oh, that's... I don't like this. No, it it got really ugly between the sisters. And Maggie, I think, so going all the way back to the beginning, Leah kind of stepped in to Leah and Kate, or excuse me, Maggie and Katie's life once they started having the ability to communicate with spirits. And she became a momager. Really? Mm-hmm. And she started pushing them to do things. And she was really this like driving force behind these two young girls to perform, even when they didn't want to. So mm-hmm. I think there was a lifelong resentment between Maggie and Katie uh, towards Leah. And um, I think this all kind of came to a head when, you know, Katie clearly was having a hard time. She had always been kind of a fragile person anyway. She was prone to fainting spells and headaches and um I think it really just fucking pissed Maggie off that Leah would turn on her in such a public way and she was gonna burn the house down so in 1888 Maggie did a story with I believe I don't remember the newspaper but it could have been maybe the New York Times I'm not sure and she basically brought it all the way back to Hydesville the little farmhouse that all of this started on March 31st and she said it was all basically a joke 
that it was dead of winter. Her and her sister, Katie, and their cousin, Lizzie. Remember Lizzie, Leah's daughter? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were all there in the house. There was snow up to their waist. There was nothing to do. So they began to kind of play a joke on their mom, who they knew kind of believed in spiritualism. They had some... She had some relatives who she believed and said that had like a a seeing sense, like a sixth sense or something like that, that the gift of sight. Um, and they would click their toes together or their bones of their toes and their ankles. And basically, medical doctors have said that if you started young enough and you continue to do this and practice this with your like ankles and your toes, that your leg muscles below the knee would basically form in a way that you could continue to do this your entire life. Mm-hmm. So Maggie said, none of it was real. And this is how we did it. And this is basically what the system was. We did, um, she said in the beginning, we would tie an apple to a string and we'd bounce the apple on the floor when our mother was sleeping downstairs. And then she would run in and say, did you hear those thumps? And we pretend it was a spirit. And she just, just spilled all the tea and she basically said Leah knew from the beginning that this wasn't real and yet she forced us she pushed us to perform and continue this narrative that we were speaking with spirits from beyond yeah it was this is crazy yeah it was a big fuck you to Leah (laughs) um so During this interview, she actually took her shoe off of her right foot and put her foot on a stool and showed the journalist how she did it. And so basically they were, all the spiritualists at the time were fucking pissed and they, they denounced Maggie and, um, and Katie had Maggie's back. She, um, so she came out with this article in 88 and then I, I it, it didn't really say in the Smithsonian article like what the timeline kind of went. But then she also went to this lecture hall and in a disguise and um, called out some of the things they were doing that were deceptive. But then a year later, she recanted her whole confession. And mm-hmm. she said, you know, my spirit guides... Um, they told me to recant it and it wasn't true. Any of it were honest to God, mediums and spiritualists. And, um, but by this time it was kind of, she had burned the bridge and not only did spiritualists not believe her or want her involved, but believers also didn't want anything to do with her. And it's, it's just, it's really sad. Um, so Leah, and Maggie never reconciled ever, ever. That's and horrible. Leah died in ni- in eighteen ninety. Um, Katie died two years later um, during a bender, and finally Maggie died eight months after Katie in eighteen eighty three. And Katie and Maggie both died broke and alone. So sad. It's crazy that they started such a big fucking thing it's just goddamn 
And imagine that journalist. That journalist is like, I have the fucking scoop of the century. Seriously. And, but also they did pay her $1,500, which Mm -hmm. is sketchy in my opinion. I don't think that you should ever pay your sources. Um, It just kind of lends to maybe some inconsistencies or some untruths. Yeah, that's like 500,000 cantaloupes in today's money. (laughs) Um, Okay, so ironically, later in the year 1893, which is the year that Maggie Fox died, spiritualists formed the National Spiritualist Association, which today is known as the National Spiritualist Association of Churches, or NSAC for short. And that is different than the one that you talked about. Oh, okay. It's a different organization. Good to know. Because I, I don't, I, <laughs> my brain is full. I, I compared them and they're different. Okay. My spiritualist cup runneth over with facts that I can't remember anything This else. is like a ton of information. It's crazy. So this, I so the NSAC is, I would say, a well-organized religion, um, they have a website and it's easy to navigate. They're pretty transparent. According to the NSAC website, they have churches in 23 states. A pretty well-known one is in San Francisco. Ooh. And it's a beautiful Victorian-esque building with a red door. Mm-hmm. There's also one in Auburn, California. What? Yeah. Okay. That's really yeah. weird. I was totally freaked out by that because that is very close to home. And we were just talking about Auburn a lot. I know. <laughs> I know. And they don't have a lot of churches. And to have one in Auburn just seems like so random. I don't know. It, yeah. On their website, they state, quote, spiritualism is founded upon a declaration of principles, nine in number, received from the spirit world by means of mediumship. They provide a firm and tangible foundation on which the base on which to base the knowledge of spiritualism. Okay, so I'm gonna read these principles. Okay. Um, and there's like three different versions of principles. There is um the de- the original declaration of principles, and then there's like a simplified form, and then there's an interpretation of each of the nine. So what I'm going to do for time purposes is I'm going to read the original principles and then the simplified form. Okay. So, and I'll do one and one, two and two, three and three, like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So number one, we believe in infinite intelligence, which simplified means we believe in God, which delved more into by this we express our belief in a supreme impersonal power everywhere present manifesting as life through all forms of organized matter called by some god by other spirit and by spiritualist infinite intelligence okay number two we believe that the phenomena of nature both physical and spiritual are the expression of infinite intelligence which simplified, we believe that God is expressed through all nature. Okay. Number three, we affirm that a correct understanding of such expression and living in accordance therewith constitute true religion. And simplified, that is, true religion is living in obedience to nature's laws. 
Number four is we affirm that the existence and personal identity of the individual continue after the change called death. Simplified, which means we never die. Nice. (laughs) Number five, we affirm that communication with the so-called dead is a fact scientifically proven by the phenomena of spiritualism. Simplified, spiritualism proves that we can talk with people in the spirit world. Number six, we believe that the highest mortality is contained in the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Be kind, do good, and others will do likewise is the simplified form of that or the modernized, you know, easy speak Mm -hmm. form of that. Number seven, we affirm that the moral responsibility of individuals and that we make our own happiness or unhappiness as we obey or disobey nature's physical and spiritual laws. That translates to we bring unhappiness to ourselves by the errors we make and we will be happy if we obey the laws of life. That I have a hard time with because sometimes you there is no other option than to be a victim of circumstance. Mm-hmm. So I am just going to say for the record, I disagree with that to an extent. Number eight, we affirm that the doorway for reformation is never closed against any soul here or hereafter. Number eight, every day is a new beginning. That's a simplified form. And mm-hmm. lastly, number nine, we affirm that the percepts of prophecy and healing are divine attributes proven through mediumship. Simplified prophecy and healing are expressions of God. So you can see how this is an, a, an accoutrement to mainstream religions mm-hmm. because it is just kind of fits really neatly into what people already kind of believe. I like their nine guidelines. That one is a little, you know, you can't always just be happy even when you try. No. <laughs> but that might be more in line with, you know, a lot of people believe like if you put good out there, you get good back. So I can kind of see that. Totally. But that's, you know, a I mean, little, I think- a little too uh, narrow. But uh, for the most part, I like I like their uh, messages that they put out there. I like their guidelines, I yeah. guess is what they'd be called. And so I think that, I mean, with everything, I feel like we need to like question everything and not accept everything 100%. Mm-hmm. So I like mm-hmm. the secret, most aspects. Some aspects I think are just unrealistic and not, you know, there's a, there's a section of the secret that says you can heal yourself with your mind. I just... I don't know if I could get on board with that. Just skip that. Skip that chapter. (laughs) That's not my secret. (laughs) So I think with some of this stuff, like, yes, it sounds wonderful, but like in reality, putting it to real world practice, is it going to work? I don't know. But I like, I like, like you, this, the nine rules of spiritual or, or beliefs And then, so I scoured their website, which is totally user-friendly and easy to read. And if you're interested, please go check it out. It's nsac.org. It's kind of cool. If you're interested in the church's spirituality or spiritualism, check it out because it's, it's pretty cool. So what I can gather is they have church and, or what I would 
called church for lack of a better term, but you go, there would be like an opening prayer, there would be singing, there would be a display of mediumship, and then there would be healings. Um, so it seems like the NSAC has um, a big part of their beliefs are spiritual healing, not to be confused with Marvin Gaye's sexual healing. Oh my God, that's exactly what I thought. That's where I went with it. <laughs> Which might be a nice addition to the singing of hymns. That would get me to go. <laughs> Doesn't it go like, I'm just like an oven or something? I don't know. I'm <laughs> off tune, but I think he says he's hot like an oven at one point, which. Watch out, Marvin Gaye, because Cassie's coming for you. <laughs> that was beautiful. Beautiful rendition. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So they have like designated spiritual healers. And they have all types of spiritual healing. They have healing with um, absent healing, which is they kind of pray for you. They have contact healing, which is like, you know, they touch you and they um, are conduit for, you know, the spirits to heal you. They have magnetic healing, which has been a big part of spiritualism. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. it was it called magnetism. Yeah. Was a big belief. And it was like the belief that like your body had like a flow and if you weren't living how you're supposed to be living, then it, your flow was interrupted or they have suggestive healing. Which is the sexiest one of all. <laughs> so I I don't know. It seems really cool. And I, I, it's really cool that spiritualism kind of survived. Despite everyone's best efforts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's cool is this NSAC, they actually funded – their members funded and they turned the Hydesville farmhouse into a memorial park. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I mean, they got to. That's an important place for them. Yeah, it really is. It's like the, you know, it's like the birthplace. It's like Jerusalem to Christians or um, some yacht to other people. Yeah. <laughs> I like most aspects of this and it seems cool. The healing thing to me is a little harder for me to wrap my mind around but I guess in even in traditional quote-unquote traditional churches people pray for somebody who's sick so it's just an extension of that I suppose yes and they explicitly state that they work together with the medical community like they believe in medical science and um, okay, that medical healing <laughs> sorry I left that part out <laughs> that's they... a pretty important piece of the puzzle yeah yeah it's okay well then i like it then i like it but it also says that they it has a list of holidays that they celebrate and march 31st is a major holiday for the church of spiritualism because it's the day that it all began in Hinesville, new york so it's like kind of a recognized holiday for um nsac and i thought that was really cool they you know the knocking heard around the world per se so I, I don't, and that's pretty much it. It's like spiritualism is so vast. I mean, we could have done a t- fucking 30 part series on it, but I mean, I think it's cool that it survived. I think it's very cool. And it's in, it's not just in the United States, it's in the UK as well, right? Yeah. And Canada, I believe. Um, yeah. Okay. So do I have an opinion on this? Do I think 
so spiritual as a whole, I like the idea. I don't, and I have, I've never changed my stance on this that I've always felt this way. I don't like that it's organized. Mm-hmm. I just loved it when it was raw and kind of unorganized. And um, I, but I don't prefer any organized religion, to be honest. Same any of it. I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't trust it. I think it breeds so many more negative things than positive things. And, um, but do I think it is interesting that an entire religion that has churches in 23 states is based off two teenagers from the 1800s that, you know, some people believe that the Fox sisters really had genuine gifts. Um, you know, two thirds of the Fox sisters have come out admittedly saying that they were not true, then recanted. And it's like, did they because they believed in it because they practiced it were did it really just then come to them later even though it started off as a joke i mean i don't know i find i find the whole thing interesting i do too and i stand where you stand i prefer titties out spiritualism (laughs) the more unorganized the better yeah i personally don't subscribe to organized religion but you do you boo just be a nice person that's my stance on all things. Well, just keep it to yourself. I mean, what? Keep it to your fucking self. Keep it to your fucking self. But on a whole, I learned so much doing this uh, block. Totally. And I will say that on a whole, I'm into it. I think yeah. it's a pretty sweet movement. I feel better. I feel better for learning about it. Well, I, I, I don't, I think I was on fucking TikTok last week or something. I don't know. And it was this TikTok. I don't know the creator. I'm so sorry. But she went on to say that she had lost her father and it was one of the hardest times in her life. And um, she was reading something from a Spanish philosopher. And it was basically, and I'm going to like paraphrase here because I didn't write it down. But it was, you have two babies in the womb that are communicating with each other. And the first baby says to the second baby, do you know who mom is? And the second baby says, no, I, I have no idea who that is. And the second baby says, you know, do you believe in mom? And the second baby says, I can't see mom. I don't, I don't know. I don't believe or whatever. And then the first baby says to the second baby, you know, what's, what's after this? What's after this womb? And the second baby says, I don't know. What's maybe nothing? I don't know. Maybe this is it. And then they go through this birth, which could for some, a lot, seem like a traumatic death. And then they have no idea that what the life that awaits them, you know? And it, I thought that was interesting. And I thought it was a little bit of synchronicity mm-hmm. that I, that TikTok would come across my, for you, my feed or whatever, because we're doing this block on spiritualism and it's like you know what if right now we are babies in a womb that have no idea what waits for us beyond this life beyond death and I just I thought it was kind of cool and she said it helped her process and think about the death of her dad and that this life was really just you know a stage or uh just one level in our existence and that he was on to a better place, a better time, a new experience. And I think that's why spiritualism 
had the draw that it has and always will pull people towards it because spiritualism basically says death is not the end and we can prove it. Yeah. And they literally say that on their website. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for sticking with us on this new format and this wild ride of spiritualism. We hope you like this new format, but like we say, if you don't keep it to your fucking self, um, because we do, it works for us. We, um, really enjoyed this and we're looking forward to the blocks coming up for the rest of this. Well, I guess calendar, not calendar year. Is it calendar year? Yes. And buckle up for spooky season. I hope you guys are ready to be fucking scared and grossed out. Woo! Our favorite time (laughs) of the year. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We truly appreciate you. Yes. And we will be back very soon with our spooky season block. Sooner than later, I would say October, which is in a couple days. My. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Am I in the twilight zone here? Okay. So on that note, love yourself. Lock your doors. And light some fucking sage. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs>